The views and opinions expressed by the guests on the following program do not necessarily represent those of Mark Radio, The Shepherd, or its advertisers. Welcome to the Crossman Conversation, CEO edition, offering insights, wisdom, and counsel from the most respected CEOs. Here is the host of the Crossman Conversation, CEO edition, John Crossman. Hello, this is John Crossman, and welcome to the Crossman Conversation, the CEO edition. Today, we have my good friend, Glenn Mather. He's the CEO of New View Trust, and going to talk to us a little bit about the market and his thoughts about CEO leadership. Glenn, thank you for being there. John, pleased to be here with you today. First off, Glenn, uh, maybe just be able to just talk real quick about what NewView Trust does, and then I want to ask you about your thoughts on the market. But first, uh, talk about NewView. Oh, thanks, John. Um, Our company was founded about 20 years ago, and it was all around this idea that people probably wanted to use their IRAs and their 401ks in areas outside the market. And I know originally I was most attracted to real estate, and actually that's still a big part of my investments. But I felt like people wanted to have those choices. So we established NewView with the concept that you should have total choice on what you invest your retirement funds in, because after all, if you choose it, chances are you'll know a lot more about it. And it might have a lot more opportunity to rise and to, for you to be able to build wealth. So that's what we did 20 years ago. And it's really um, played out in, in ways I could not have imagined. Oh, that's really awesome. So it's provided different ways for people to take some of their most important investments and invest the way they want to. That's pretty cool. So in that perspective, obviously, you kind of are looking on the hood at a lot of different investments and uh, have some good insight in the market. So today's overall market, and then if you have any t- thoughts about the real estate market specifically, love just get your thoughts. Yeah, I mean, in the big the big overshadowing issue, of course, is interest rates, and that drives many many markets, and certainly none more than real estate. Um, you know, we're we're fortunate to live in Florida, and the reason that I think that's fortunate in a lot of ways, not just the weather, but the economic conditions. We're in the middle of the baby boomer generation; they're coming to Florida, and uh, almost coming to Florida no matter what. So the amount of demand I've never seen this in the 23 years that I've been here. And the demand for, of course, it it tends to start with residential and then it moves into the commercial and into the retail spaces because those all have to come to support it. But interestingly enough, here in Florida, we're also getting a lot more industry moving in because of, I think, the better tax situations and, and the more welcoming and lease regulations that we have for businesses. So all of those sectors remain strong. Of course, what we we look at on the office side, you know, is kind of waiting to see how that plays out. And even in most of the situations where that I see as not so much for me as an investor, but my clients as investor, that doesn't seem to be struggling too much either um, here in Central Florida because it was never overbuilt, which is good. And that can happen in community real estate, as you know, is community by community. But the sector right now, I think, is a little bit on pause. We want to see where interest rates are going. Um, of course, when you may be listening to this, it may be um, live, but it also may be several months out and things can change. But I think the fundamental um, aspects of real estate in Central Florida are still relatively strong. It's a more balanced market, certainly, than it was a year ago. So what I hear you saying is there's sort of two parts to it. One is that you have growth and that growth is going to happen and continue to happen because of the huge number of retirees and then moving to Florida. And so that that's going to drive 
certain segments of real estate, residential and, and retail, and then to level industrial. So that segment can feel strong. And on the office side, I agree with you. It's just, it's sort of a weird position of pause right now. When you talk to leaders in the industry, they'll talk about it being a bloodbath. Now, most of the time they're talking about San Francisco, Chicago, you know, Manhattan. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's some of that in Florida for sure, but it's, it's not the same. You talked about it being a community and certain communities are getting walloped and some are not. So if you're living in, let's just say Detroit, and you know, I don't know that there's any mass influx moving to Detroit, it's an exodus, and then you have the office market, no minutes are need, that's the sort of recipe for disaster, but that's not the same recipe we have in Florida. Did I get that right? Yeah, you do. I mean, obviously, um, migration is a huge aspect in, in longer-term investing, especially in in, in marketplace, in commercial things where you're putting out leases five to 10 years out, it's sort of a counterbalance to the issue on financing. It's the same idea because, you know, when you're financing a office building, typically those rates are set for five to 10 years and they get repriced. And so, you know, and that's what, that's the other shoe that may be falling. At least we've been predicting it or we haven't, but the, uh, um, the marketplace and the, and, the, and the experts are predicting that the repricing of loans on these major um, office buildings are going to have a, a, a huge impact. But once again, it, it has to do with the number of offices and, and how much of that segment plays out. I, I, I kind of personally take a contrarian view to that longer term. I'd I would like to get into things. Um, I tend to like to get into things personally when they seem soft, because they're priced at a at a at a place that uh, they should be. Right now, the biggest problem I see on commercial side is that um, they haven't quite been repriced to the correct rate based mm-hmm. on on the the new interest rate hikes. And I think we're going to start to see those adjustments happen within the next twelve months to make it even more attractive for purchase. I like that. You know, I sort of say it like this. Sometimes the market's going zig and we need a zag, right? Um, mm-hmm. You just got to do that in a, in a smart way. And I also think you hear what you're saying, that uh, interest rates as it relates to cap rates, um, there there certainly can be a lag. And and what's funny is, is that, you know, trophy assets are probably going to always be trophy assets. They can hold their pricing longer. But man, if it's got some issues to it, like the more hair it's got on it, the faster that's going to, it's going to fall, right? Like, and, and people need to know that. You know, well, it's interesting, John. You know, when I was, you know, I, I, I don't count myself a real estate expert at all. I, I'm a watcher of it. But I remember when I was doing some personal investing in single-family homes and stuff, and and during that roll-up or the heat-up of '06, '05, when you couldn't find anything to really purchase, and I started going further and further out from Central Florida, from Orlando, and the workplaces way out to Lake County, etc finding raw land, doing all this kind of stuff that you do out of a panic, thinking that you'll never be able to own real estate. And I watched a lot of that, that, that value melt away. And it taught me when you called it trophy, but I wouldn't even have to reach high as trophy is commutable real estate mm. versus non-commutable real estate. And the difference on how it holds its value, you just get crushed in, in Florida if you're getting too far away from that, or if you pay too much attention to tourism, because that's temporary housing, that's not permanent, and that gets treated differently too. So those outliers, um, you know, it may seem like a really good deal compared to close in, 
but you're right, John. The closer you want it to commute paths in business areas, the stronger that that real estate's going to hold in a bad market. It's so funny, Glenn. I remember so many weird stories right before the big crash. And one of them was I had a guy tell me I should invest in these downtown Orlando condos. And I went to the place. And first off, I, I really had trouble figuring out how to get in. Like, that's not a good sign, right? Like, And then once I got in, the sales staff was incredibly rude and arrogant. And I just, mm. I didn't even push it. I just like walked out. And then of course I saw tons of deals like that go back. And so I think there are fundamentals always come back to, and you're, you're saying a fundamental of like um, the location, obviously that, and I'd say that plus there's other, you know, who these people are, who's selling them, what's their, what's the story to it, all that comes into play. Um, Glenn, we're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, what I'm going to ask you is about is a uh, CEO leadership and, you're somebody that I admire. I've uh, sought advice from many times over the years. And so I just want to get your uh, insight on traits on uh, CEO leadership. So hang, hang with us real quick. We're going to take a break and back but here with uh, Glenn Mather, CEO of uh, New View Trust. Managing a team that has a lack of accountability and effective communication can be frustrating. Bill Roto-Rooter can help you build a cohesive team and a collaborative work environment. As a retired commander of the Navy's premier training system and research development organization, Roto has the experience to help you build trust and a high-performing team as you navigate high-pressure situations. To schedule a complimentary call with Roto, go to rotospeaks.com and complete the form and put the Crossman conversation in the message field. Here's a call to those who want to make an impact on their company, their community, or who possess a desire to make the world a better place. Crossman Career Builders provides the tools and resources for you or your company to make a difference on some of the toughest issues that we all face. Crossman Career Builders partners with CEOs, politicians, and pastors seeking to address problems of racism, mental health, addiction, justice, and suicide. CrossmanCB.com. At JLL, we are reshaping the future of real estate for a better world. For over 250 years, our firm has remained committed to offering trusted and innovative solutions in commercial real estate leasing, management, investment strategies, and technology. JLL.com. See a brighter way. Once again, here's John Crossman. All right, we are back with Glenn Mather, the CEO of Newview Trust. Glenn, we were, you were talking about the real estate market investments, and you gave some great insight there. I want to just transition over to leadership. We have a, a lot of our listeners are college students and young professionals, and uh, yeah, I would say that you know, where they're at in their life, they think where I want to be in 30 years is I want to be like Glenn. I want to be a CEO. And at this point in your career, you've had the pleasure of being a young guy ramping up and now a mature guy looking out, looking back, still looking up in some ways too, I guess. What When you think about the successful traits of CEOs today that they need to have, what what are those traits they need to have? Oh man, uh, that's an interesting thing. You, you gave me a, a few minutes to think about this. And, uh, you know, sometimes the best thoughts come immediately and sometimes they don't. They, they need sort of proper reflection. But the thing that came to mind the very first, and I'll, I'll, I'll go with three, um, and that's vision. And the reason why vision is important is a lot of times when you're starting a business, you don't have much more to offer than that. But I'll tell you, it's powerful because you typically, as an employee, you don't get any of that. So you get a responsibility. You, you know, most people come out of college, they, they find a job. Hopefully, they negotiate for a good salary, and, uh, and hopefully, they'll, be, they'll uh, perform and be recognized, and you start moving up. 
But the vision for the company and the vision for your department is very seldom shared with you. Um, you just act on somebody else's vision. And But if that's a, a strong enough pull, it will cause you to to actually almost abandon everything else because it's an innate sort of human desire to follow somebody. I think that's what drives us spiritually. But I think it also drives us in the workplace and uh, – I think without it, you're not going to have employees, chances chances are. I love that answer, Glenn. I've never heard that one, and I think it's uh, spot on. You're so right. It's like you're coming out of college, and maybe you just you just don't know, and so you sort of hook yourself to someone else's vision, which can be kind of good, kind of bad. And then some people never move past that. Um, I think part of it maybe is not having hope or not having confidence. Um, but once you sort of get your solidity into the world of business – and then really trying to figure out what that is for yourself. And that doesn't mean you start your own company, right? You could stay with some other company mm-hmm. forever, but you have to have some level of a vision of like, where is this going and what is my role in it? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it carries out into your own life. What's your vision for your own life? And normally, if it doesn't take a great deal of sacrifice, it's not a very large vision. Mm-hmm. And then the vision can also include bringing people with you. So if you're starting a company, um, what about being able to to create a company where people can be fully developed? Um, they can be moved up. They can actually moved out. So it's it's interesting. We've had a lot of people very successful in our company, but John, it doesn't mean they work at our company for 20 years. They work there two, three, five, seven years, and they become so much stronger because of the things they've learned with us. So I, I think that gives me a, a lot of joy and satisfaction, along with making the company grow. But you can certainly have your own vision for your life, and I think a lot of people don't don't really um, sit down and study and contemplate what that is, because you'll never get there, obviously, if you haven't driven a roadmap for yourself. Well, Glennon, when you you, you mentioned maybe Bill, you know, being with you and leaving, I have to imagine that there's some level of hurt, uh, maybe anger or frustration. Like sometimes you pour into people and then they they go and do something else, and you also can feel glad and proud and. Um, a sense of accomplishment for a pouring thing, but there's a, there's a mix of that. And when I think about that, my immediately goes, well, I guess it goes back to what Glenn's saying is vision. You know, no matter what happens, trying to stay focused on the vision is what can get you through those hard times. Is, is that right? Well, it is. And think of it kind of, think of your life as constructing a large building. Um, there's times that you need, you need plumbers and you need electricians and you need framers and you have all of those. And most people are people that come and go in your organization, uh, not because you're letting them go, but because um, it could be that they've outgrown whatever you have to offer. Businesses don't always grow and give everybody an opportunity to rise. You'd have to be a continuously growing business of 10 or 15 percent. Sometimes you have decreases and you've got to move on. But um, I do want to touch, John, if I could, on on the second point, because Please. it's a huge counterpoint to the first point, and it doesn't seem like it follows. And that is and, – and I think it's Patrick Lencioni that talks about um, teamwork and being a good team player, and he says the number one thing, and I believe it's true, is to be humble. And not to pretend to be humble, not to say a few self-deprecating things. Uh, phrases and kind of pat yourself on the back and said, I really look properly humble today. It's actually living that life and understanding that that is it's outside. Uh, it's uh, other people and certainly God that has created any opportunity for you. 
And so if you if you lead in that way, people are never going to feel like, well, I can never get there. I can't achieve that. They're going to see the, their ability to achieve in you because you're humble and you're not separating yourself from the rest of the people in your organization. I like that a lot, Glenn. I think that when somebody meets you and obviously they know you're experienced and then your title in and of itself can be intimidating, mm-hmm. they're going to raise you up. They're already lifted you up. And so if you're consciously you know, having your head like, hey, we're human and man, I've had a lot of failures and I've had a lot of mistakes and there's a lot of things I understand that and then you can have some vulnerability with that. It makes you more relatable and more connecting. And, and frankly, I would imagine that then they can go back to your first point. They can get better, faster, connected to your vision. Is that right? Sure. Yeah. You know, I, I don't like being around friends. I don't like around being around people that, that kind of are, are full of themselves. Um, you know, it, it, it's just an uncomfortable place to be. So I don't want to be that same discomfort to somebody else. Uh, that's interesting. Yeah, it's funny. It's like, I actually know a guy who's a CEO and he's exactly like that. And it's, it's very off putting to me. It's hard for me to be around him and, uh, maybe that style works for him, but I think you can sometimes you got to think about what you're doing, what it attracts versus what it rejects or repulses, you know? Um, just in the last two minutes, is there anything else as far as traits? You said vision and humility, anything else? Yeah. Third one, because I don't think, I don't think you have a business without it and it's a bias for action. I, you know, and, and I, I guess if, you know, CEOs tend to have a one or two strong traits and mine is, is probably my negative is that I'm not very patient. So I, I, I took that thing that was bad, not very patient and tried to turn it into something positive, which is the bias reaction, which I always have. I, I just don't want to, I'm not content at the company at the size it is. I'm not content with the company from a standpoint, the way we're doing things. And I've always looked at my company in 20 years, and certainly we haven't done everything right, but I always feel like it's a 20-year startup. And what I mean by that is we're ready to move way beyond where we are now, and we're willing to abandon our position right now if it makes good business sense and market sense to do so. And so I love to be around people that, that have that same bias. Obviously, inside the company, not everyone can be running at full tilt all the time. But you you have to have someone cleaning up the mess in aisle five sometimes. But I like the I like the idea of activity and action and not overly thinking it through. Certainly putting in the proper framework, but moving forward is is something that's really important to me. There are many oh, formerly well known corporations, uh, churches, nonprofits, athletic teams that were once on the pinnacle. Uh, but then did not have a bias for action, and bad things happen. Um, so um, I think that is a very, very powerful point. Glenn, we're going to wrap up. Uh, you did a great job talking about vision, being humble, um, and then having a bias for action. I love all three of those points. Man, I really appreciate you being on here and giving your insight on uh, leadership and on the market. So thank you, Glenn. You're welcome. I appreciate all the work that you're doing to sort of lift up um, – um, these principles that I think that a lot of times that we have and we're not able to express. So thank you so much, John. Well, my pleasure. We're going to take a quick break uh, and then we'll be back with our final segment. Crossmark Services is a commercial real estate firm offering a wide range of professional services, including advisory, brokerage and leasing, investing and property management. 
Our staff comprises the industry's most seasoned professionals who possess the needed knowledge in real estate investments, analysis, and portfolio management to drive growth. See how Crossmark can work for you. That's CrossmarkServices.com. At JLL, we are reshaping the future of real estate for a better world. For over 250 years, our firm has remained committed to offering trusted and innovative solutions in commercial real estate leasing, management, investment strategies, and technology. JLL.com. See a brighter way. As the largest property tax practice in North America, Ryan's professionals possess the local footprint and knowledge backed by a team with national expertise to help organizations minimize their property tax liabilities and ensure valuations are fair and accurate. With the Florida tax appeal deadlines approaching rapidly, local experts at Ryan work proactively with many jurisdictions across Florida well in advance of the August trim notice mailing to ensure our clients receive maximum tax savings. Guys, I use Ryan, and I hope you will too. Once again, here's John Crossman. All right, we're back here for the final segment, and uh, Mike Gillen, my producer and my boss, my friend, <laughs> thanks for being here with me. It's always a joy, my friend. Listen, uh, years ago, I can't remember what year this was, I'd just gone for a run in Central Park in Manhattan, and I was walking back to my hotel, and my phone rang, and it was, it was Glenn. And we were kind of early in our friendship, and he called, and he you know asked me something, and I said something, kind of went back and forth. And I was waiting for the ask, like, oh, what's this guy calling me about? And uh, it was like, no, that's just it. You know, like, and I, I just remember thinking, like, this is a real guy. This is not a guy that's just trying to ping me for, like, this charity thing or the trying to close this deal. But this is, like, this is a relationship guy. Yeah. And then um, a few months ago, we were in the uh, same, we're in the same CEO group, and he said something that really offended me. And I was, I was angry and I had to like take a couple days and, uh, I didn't like being angry at him cause I, cause I respect him so much. And so I told a mutual friend and my friend was like, well, just call him, just call him. And so I called him and I said, Glenn, I really, and, but, and I tried to own it first. Like why? And oh my gosh, Glenn was just so awesome. Cause he was like, first mm-hmm. like, Hey, I'm sorry. It's for me. And then, and then help me talk it out. And honestly, uh, part of the reason why I was so offended is cause what he had said was true. It was critical of me mm. and it was true. And the follow-up of that is I'm working on making some adjustments to my business plan and Glenn's helping me with it. Wow. That's right? great. Isn't that interesting? Well, that kind of is a walkout right there to the whole point on humility Yeah, that he made. I mean, that's yeah. a big part of it. Well, and I, 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 for both he and I, right? Yeah, Like both sure. he and I. And so he's a strong guy. I mean, like if you're around him for just a few seconds and you're talking like, this is a tough man. This is a man that's seen life and done some amazing things, both, yeah. both on a business and a nonprofit. He's, he, he didn't talk about it, but he has a nonprofit that provides wheelchairs to communities around the world for people that don't have access to wheelchairs. Wow. And if you think about people living in a remote area where they're having to carry a family member wherever they are, and Glenn's going to that area and giving them wheelchairs to give life. I mean, that's this guy that's mm-hmm. also running this IRA mm-hmm. company, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. the totality of that was really interesting. So I love, I love the humility and you can be a tough, strong leader and be humble. I like what he said about taking something that's a negative, which in his illustration was being lacking patience right? and turning and making that into a positive and calling that a bias for action. I thought that was brilliant. Completely brilliant. And I, I'm going to use that expression, right? Like, you know, I think people that really care, you know, you think about, 
you feel like when you're at Publix or you're at Chick-fil-A, different places, people really, really care. You know, a new Fazoli's, and we talked about mm-hmm. this, open up yeah. East Colonial. I just found this out. The first week, it's the seventh greatest opening week in the history of that 35-year-old Fazoli's wow. company. And I went over there in the middle of that week and, you know, I was really struck by how much people were hustling. Like they're still getting their systems down, but they're hustling. You could tell like there was action, like people jumping on stuff. They're trying to, they're trying to figure it out. Right. And if you want to have a successful business or church or nonprofit or whatever, you have to have that bias for action, right? Yeah, It's got to be there. It's got to be, he, he was so helpful again, very relatable in all of this. Uh, even investing, got to stay close to home. Can't go too far out from your market, you, yeah. your target market. Yeah, it's funny you should mention that too. You know, he did, he did, he did allude to making a bad investment and learning from it. Which yeah. Again, like he didn't get on this interview and said I did everything right. Right. He said something doing wrong. That's humility. Yeah, and then that vision part's key too, because you know when you think about vision, if people can't see, they can't get there. You have to start with that. So, right. Man, Glenn Mather, CEO, of Nuvu Trust, uh, really solid dude and doing some great stuff. So, Mike, thanks for being with here as always. Until next time, we'll see you here at the Crossman Conversation, the CEO edition. This has been the Crossman Conversation, CEO edition with your host, John Crossman. Tune in next week for another talk with an experienced CEO that will help bring clarity to your business endeavors. The preceding was a Mark Radio production.